Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in K-12 EdTech this week. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. This week, we scroll through some of the latest pieces posted to eSchool that give education leaders some high-level strategy suggestions, you know, when it comes to redesigning learning spaces, making internet affordable for every student in a district, as well as how to manage the tech necessary to support a next-generation STEM curriculum. Let's get started. First, we have Melinda Dixon. She's the assistant principal at Mulberry High School, and she writes that new collaborative spaces are helping educators take their instruction to new levels. Her piece is up in the news feed this week under the title, Four Ways to Design Collaborative Learning Spaces. Here are some highlights of that piece. She writes, number one, match the space with the learning content. She says, in our English literacy content space, for example, the collaborative learning spaces need more of a library feel, complete with sofa-type furniture and soft seating. The vision was for students to come in and have Socratic seminars and maybe discuss a passage. The collaborative spaces focused on math, on the other hand, are more tech-friendly with high tables, soft seating stools, and a large interactive whiteboard monitor for students working in groups. Number two, she says, balance practicality with fun. Our traditional school colors are blue, black, and white, but our furniture is not. So we used fun pops of color, including lime green and orange, to create a bright learning environment that differs from the traditional classroom. Number three, find a partner that understands your vision. As we work through the planning process for our new high school's collaborative spaces, we had a lot of questions about furniture wear and tear. We wanted to know that our choices would stand the test of time. Our furniture partner was more than happy to address these queries. They also shared visuals from other schools and showed us how certain products looked in certain environments. And that's versus having to pick from a catalog. And then number four, get everyone involved. At first, our teachers were unsure about taking their classrooms to other places in the building or or learning, and that was natural. However, as more and more of them began using and experiencing these collaborative spaces, even more of them wanted to try it out. It sounds kind of fun. If this is something that is uh, on top of your mind for your schools, I'd be sure to go up and, and check this piece out. Lots more good tips and tricks. Next, a recent report from Education Superhighway, that's a national nonprofit with a mission to close the broadband affordability gap. They put out a a report called No Home Left Offline, and it lays out an action plan needed to accelerate the Affordable Connectivity Program, our EdTech acronym of the week, ACP, and its adoption. So the ACP is a $14.2 billion federal broadband benefit, which is funded by the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, and it provides eligible households with a monthly discount of up to $30 per month. And that's up to $75 per month for households on qualifying tribal lands and a one-time $100 discount towards a laptop, desktop computer, or tablet. Some disturbing statistics, unfortunately, in regards to the effectiveness of this program. While there are 51.6 million U.S. households eligible for ACP, only 13 million, about 25%, have enrolled. The ACP has the potential to connect 17.7 million households that are eligible and unconnected. Enrollment process is a significant challenge for eligible households, apparently. 
45% of applications are rejected, and many more fail to complete the 30 to 45-minute enrollment process. Why should it take 45 minutes to enroll? I'll, I'll go on. Cities in every state are proving that this can happen in a much better fashion. The national best practice for ACP adoption is 61%, and large cities such as Buffalo, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Milwaukee, Detroit, and Tulsa have already achieved adoption rates of over 45%. Last number here, 74% of ACP-eligible households are covered by an ISP offering, a free with ACP plan. So high-speed internet plans for no more than $30 per month. So it would cover the whole thing. And that amounts to almost 40 million eligible households. And that includes the almost 13 million that are unconnected. Now, look, there's been a lot of progress since the pandemic began in terms of getting kids connected. We always wrung our hands about digital equity and getting those things together. And there was never really much action. Seven million kids are now connected that weren't before. That's great. This report shows that we still have a long way to go. And it's a little frustrating to think that, you know, it's a bad application that is keeping students from being connected and having this problem solved forever. So I hope we can get more successful plans in place. And finally, successful STEM programs for schools have never been more important. For them to work, teachers must work together with students to develop critical thinking, communication, assessment, and inquiry skills. The right devices can help students and teachers connect in powerful, positive ways. Those connections boost interactive learning, engagement, and ultimately student achievement. But Rhonda Howard, uh, she's the CTA coordinator for Dallas Independent School District, has implemented a STEM curriculum. She uses Lenovo workstations to teach students about cybersecurity. She says that communication amongst educators is just as important. I had the pleasure to speak with her in a recent webinar called STEM Lessons Straight from the Classroom. Here's a snippet. During the course of the conversation, Rhonda, I've, I've heard you talk about your conversations with principals and teachers and you know their favorite brands maybe and coming back. How important is that relationship between yourself and the educators and what they want to do when it comes to putting together a, a STEM curricula? I mean, do you find it like, are they coming to you or are you coming to them? Talk a little bit about those interactions and, and what our audience here might take away from the benefits of creating those relationships. So my favorite phrase is relationship is everything. I work with seven other coordinators. So generally the way that it happens here, I have been tasked with specking all labs. If the business coordinator, business marketing and finance coordinator has five teachers that need, need labs, then we do just what Craig said. But I'm even looking at is there enough electrical in the classroom? Are there enough network drops? Those kinds of things. What is, what is your teacher going to be doing? So initially lab refreshes or lab placements begin here in, in our office among the coordinators. Generally what, we, what I tell my coordinators, because I, I don't believe in stepping on anybody's toes. Relationship is everything. And I believe in preserving relationships. I don't want, somebody else's principal coming to me directly. I, I want them to talk to their coordinator first. And so if I get a principal, like 
Perfect example. Engineering teachers emailed me and said, I need a lab. Have you talked to Alex, who is my counterpart? Have you talked to Alex? If they haven't talked to my teammate first, I send them back. And so that conversation begins. My teammates already know what I'm looking for. They, they already know because we're, we're not looking just for today. We are looking for five years, six years down the line. I have Lenovo Labs that could be refreshed now, but they're running beautifully. They're, they're running. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, it's a good thing from the standpoint, it, it shows sustainability of your product, but then I don't have to spend the money right now. So, you know, it's, it's twofold. You can go up online to eschoolnews.com and go under the webinar tab to hear the full story under the title STEM Lessons Straight from the Classroom, which I highly encourage. She's a really insightful person with a lot of great tips. And that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check back on eschoolnews.com for all the latest and greatest news and analysis for what's happening in the edtech space. Remember, eSchool is always free and always helping innovative educators just like you. Until next time. I'm Kevin Hogan for eSchool News.